Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Digital Bound Podcast, where we talk a little bit about the tech that happened in this week. Uh, as always, I have Sunny with me. Hey, what's up? Uh, so it's 7.21 a.m. Central Time. What, 8 a.m., 8.21 a.m. over there? Yeah, 8.21. Uh, on a Sunday, we're doing it a little early. I'm traveling in Dallas for family and, and just some other stuff. So uh, I'm trying to, like, do it before the whole day gets started and Sonny was very very uh, courteous to me and uh, adjusted his schedule for, for me <laughs> I actually uh, still so, went to sleep at like 2 a.m. so I somehow woke up I don't know I, I I was stunned I was like I don't think you're gonna wake up and <laughs> I even told Katie I was like if he's not up by like 7 30 we'll, we'll just try to do this on Monday or something because we gotta get going soon <laughs> yeah so uh, you want to jump into the topics? Do you do you have a topic you want to start with, or do you want me to start? Uh, we can start with Ethereum, because actually, uh, I read this story about how there was this hoax where people thought that the uh, the creator of Ethereum he died, and he actually did not, but that actually caused uh, the price of Ethereum to go down. So it cost I don't know I think like what three million or. I think it was billion. I think it was two billion dollars off the market cap of two Ethereum. Billion. Yeah, which is crazy because it dropped from like three ninety one to two sixty two. But then once people found out about the truth, it went back to three twenty one. Yeah, but if you if you invested, I think it went a little lower on different on different ones because I think it was like two twenty six on Coinbase. And if you dumped like you know two hundred three hundred dollars in there, you made a. a little hundred hundred and fifty dollars you know oh if you if you invested when it went low yeah like i put in a little bit of money i only put in like 50 bucks when it went to like 226 i was like ah but my money almost like almost doubled oh yeah yeah that's pretty good um it, it just sucks for anyone that's invested in it before the dip yeah and they said the dip kind of happened because uh, a lot of markets the the not Coinbase, but like, um, I believe Kyle's using it. It's like Ponix or something. Yeah, it's um, like penny stocks, but for um, cryptocurrency. Yeah, but there's also, though, they have buy sell limits. So they have like sell limits when it dips below like 280, you start selling everything that you own because you don't want to lose money. So it's like protections for the investors, but that creates market chaos in the end. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, does uh, Coinbase support that? Because that's pretty cool. No, I don't believe Coinbase but does. I think you can set when you buy, but I don't believe you can set when you sell. There might it might be a setting in there. I'm not positive. Yeah, I just actually I joined uh, Coinbase recently. I bought a hundred bucks of Litecoin, so it's about two point four Litecoins, I think. Would you buy it at? Uh, I don't remember actually. <laughs> Was I think it, like, it was forty. It, it definitely okay. dipped uh, since then. Yeah, I think yeah, I like, bought it for forty. Litecoin stays pretty consistent. It dips to like thirty, and then goes up to like fifty, and then dips to like thirty. Like, it's like this weird roller coaster. It's one of the more consistent cryptocurrencies, but it's still one of the ones that are like, the, like the whole cryptocurrency. There, there's nothing backing it. Like. The U.S. currency is backed by, like, their GDP of the United States. Same with, like, other countries. These cryptocurrencies are just all in speculation. There's nothing like, oh, 
Like, you know, there's nothing backing yeah. it. There's there's no like, sort of just, way to do it. It's just the market that decides the price, pretty much. Yeah, and fake news stories. <laughs> yeah. I believe CNN published that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Trump's right about a few things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yep, that's totally it. Um, <laughs> so we're all, like, starting to invest in, in these cryptocurrencies. I know even, like, my dad has kind of touched on it, saying, like, oh, it's it might be a good investment, like, if you get in early in the right time. So people are realizing it's such a good, like, uh, thing to invest in. But I, I think that creates more problems for the cryptocurrencies. Why do you think that? Well, now you have people that are using the currencies as a way to make an investment instead of using the currencies as what they're meant to be. They're decentralized ways to spend money on the Internet. Yeah, that's true. Um, I definitely, I think I saw someone, maybe it was from CNET or something, where she went out and tried to see, like, um, she could use Bitcoin all throughout New York. And there were a couple of places that did support it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, you're right. Like, most people, they're not using it to buy things. So it's kind of, yeah, it's definitely not what it was meant to be for. Yeah, I saw that video. It, it was a terrible video, like, like at the beginning. Yeah. And then it, like, gradually got better. Because she was like, oh, look, you can use it at this pizza shop here. Yeah, at this, like, single place. But I think she was able to get a taxi ride, right? Mm, I don't know. I think I stopped watching after the pizza. <laughs> I was like, you're you're trying to act. It was a bit cringy. You should yeah. be a newscaster more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's jump to the next next article before I dive too deep in, into <laughs> CNET's uh, video editing. Uh yeah. Let's talk about Anchor, man. Uh, Anchor now lets you publish your recordings that you had on the Anchor app that were very Snapchat-esque. They they expired in 24 hours to either iTunes or the Google Play Store. It's it's not either or. It's just you publish them to the major podcast networks. So it means that if you're on Anchor and and you're like uh, Gary V or Sarah De, Sarah De, Dici, Dici, <laughs> Dici rhymes with Peachy. <laughs> oh, okay, Dici. There we go. Yeah. Uh, you can now have your podcast on like iTunes and Google Play with literally, I think it's like five clicks, um, a few type uh, typing on the keyboard, and that's it. It's it's mind blowing. It's crazy. Like they they pretty much removed the barrier to entry to podcasting. Yes, and how they do it is is just so effortless like i feel like the anchor app is going to become the medium of like blogging like everyone went to medium they were very insightful they they very very much like um i guess you could say like pretty much like it creates a platform for podcasting like before podcasting didn't really have any singular platform this creates one for it not that you know medium is like just like not that like medium encompasses all of blogging but it's the easiest way to get into it so it's definitely a good comparison i i like that because it created a platform because before like you know when blogging first started out it's val- it, it's validating there we go my argument just came to me so blogging you started out creating web pages and you would update it manually then i think um a blogger or thumb blog it was one of the first blog platforms came around and validated that this is what po- uh, anchor is doing for podcasting right now they're validating that podcasting 
can be a platform business. Yeah, it, it still blows my mind how easy it is. Now, I'm still waiting. Um, actually, like I started using Anchor last week, and it was a good time for me to do that because in the middle of that week, they re- released this um, episode and podcast publishing uh, feature. Um, but yeah, I'm still waiting. I think I published a podcast on Friday, and I'm still waiting for it to actually show up. I'm, so I don't know how long it takes. It says 48 hours, but I'm still waiting you- on that. If you did it on Friday, they don't start it till Monday because they don't work the weekends. You know, it's a long, it's a long weekend for them because they do all the manual effort. They actually have somebody on staff that will go there, submit the podcast for you, submit the artwork for you, do everything for you. That's really interesting. How big is their user base then? Because I feel like that would be a lot of work to do it manually. Well, I touched on that in the article that I wrote for DigitalBounce.com. Um, the Google Play stats say it's a 50,000 to 100,000 downloads. So if that's the same in the, I, the iTunes store, that puts it at less than a half a million. So 200,000. Um, my podcast, my, my streams that I've been doing are like in the top 500. And I'm only getting like maybe 10 people to listen to every segment. So yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm yeah, because I saw mine was top of 500 too. Yeah, so I'm pegging them at maybe like 100,000 users that are active, you know? Yeah, and I guess it's not too bad if like say a fifth of them um, publish them as a podcast. Yeah, and I and I think maybe only like, maybe they have a system that somewhat automates it so you can just like fill in the form automatically, but a human has to submit it. I bet you there's some data entry like automation there, but... Uh, it's just, it's a smaller app, so I don't think they, they're they too worried about anything yet. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things, like, do things that don't scale early on. So they're trying to just um, make awareness of Anchor, and then later on, I guess they'll figure out once they have a much larger user base. Yeah, so these podcasts are, are it's more like you're leaving a voicemail for your, for your, your listeners. It's one person normally. You can add call-ins and respond to them. But it's not like a podcast like we're doing. So we're recording recording, and then we upload that to um, SoundCloud and then we publish it ourselves through SoundCloud, through the RSS feed. But Anchor, you, you talk to yourself or you talk about a topic or answer someone's question. So it's slightly different take on podcasting than the traditional podcast that we know. Well, what's cool actually, you can have, you can, can do like an interview with someone where you just, you basically call them through your phone and you, well, you do it through the app, but it looks like it just does a phone call and it'll record both sides. So you can technically do like a traditional podcast. We should uh, give that a try one day just because yeah. I didn't know that. I, I kind of, I saw Sarah and Sam do it, but I didn't know if it was some special feature that certain users got. Yeah, like overall though, I mean, like when I first joined Anchor, that was my main issue is the fact that it they, the segments disappear after 24 hours. I still have like a few issues with it because you can't really, you, you still kind of have to sit down and think about like piecing together different segments and recording them at the same time. There's no way to kind of, you know, save a segment, like save a draft of it and then publish it all at once. Um, but the fact that it's like, it's just so easy to create episodes now, like anyone can go to Anchor or your google play or itunes um i don't know podcast page or whatever and just listen to past episodes now it's really cool 
Yeah, so the episodes, uh, they, they're like more Gary V. Do you listen to the Gary V audio experience? <laughs> yeah, I started recently. I've just been watching his YouTube before that. Yeah, so his podcast, he would put out like little clips and like like segments. It was like anchor segments almost. They're very yeah, a lot of times they're short. Yeah, a lot of times like a, he just does it from his phone, I think, because yeah. a, like the audio quality is like really bad sometimes, but I don't think he really cares. He cares more about the content. Yeah, so it gives you the opportunity to do what Gary Vee is doing. He's just getting content out. He's just shoving mm-hmm. it out. And now you can do that through the app and still have a, I would say, a little above like mediocre audio quality if you use some headphones. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually not that bad, especially if you just put the mic right up to your mouth. It's it's pretty good quality. If you put it in your mouth, it's better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, let's, let's move to Google Shopping getting fined $2.7 billion by the European Union. You want to talk about that first? Uh, you can. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Google's a behemoth. They, uh, you know, they do everything. They, they have Google Search. They have Google Shopping. They have Google... Uh, Google Image Search, they have YouTube, they have all all these services. But uh, the key part that they're getting fined for is an antitrust about Google Shopping. So when you search on Google Shopping, traditionally what they show you is a series of like Google products that you could like use, you know, like Gmail, do this, or maybe this recommended store, do that. And, and um, there's the European Union saying that Google is forcibly showing people things that isn't relevant to them. So they're not showing you like relevant uh, comparison sites that you would traditionally see on Bing or Yahoo search and stuff. So they're saying that Google needs to change their search algorithm. And if they don't, they'll get fined more over every day. But they're still getting $2.7 billion fine for this antitrust uh, settlement or judgment. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, plus, this is just search in general because I get confused. Um, it's a Google Shopping, but it's just using ex- as an example, right? And it mostly revolves around Google Shopping. Like the majority of it is on around Google Shopping. Like they pulled examples out of just traditional search, though. So, but the thing is, like. I mean, Google is still their own, like, private business in a way. I mean, it's public, but it's still, still like, their own business. It's not like, you know, if you don't want to use Google, you don't have to. So I'm I, not sure. I disagree. You disagree? Yeah, like, I, I wrote something on Digital Islands, but I'll touch that on that in a second. But I want to say Google is a fundamental part of the Internet. It's a utility almost. Like, search is... A utility to to the point of if you don't have Google you don't find uh, search pages yes you can go to a competitor like Yahoo or Bing but Google is so dominant in the market that you almost have no choice to get any sort of reliable search from anywhere else maybe you want to go privacy minded and you use DuckDuckGo but Google is the go-to so I understand somewhat the European Union saying like that Google's so dominant that you guys need to like stop serving your crap in front of everyone. 
But at the same time, like what I wrote on digitalbounds.com was Google Shopping's such a small part of Google search. Why are they focusing on that part of search, like price comparisons and everything, when Amazon is such a powerful competitor to like search and everything? When you go shopping, you go to Amazon.com to compare prices and they'll shove Amazon Basic or their high margin items in front of you before they shove the highest selling or the the lowest priced item first. But that's the thing, like, I mean, I also just go straight to Amazon usually instead of Google Shopping. Um, but it's like, did they actually do anything illegal? Like, how do you get fined for just, like, you're just big, that's it, you know? It just doesn't make sense, like, I don't know. Because it's still just, you know, like, if I start a company and becomes, in a way, kind of a monopoly, even though there's competition, like, is that justification for getting fined? I just, I don't really understand that. In the EU, yes. Is In the EU. Big argument or... <laughs> so big so their laws work differently, I guess. Is that what's going on? Necessarily. In the EU, a lot of U.S. businesses are getting fined for things that in the United States, no one's really paying attention to or, or saying that's a big issue. U.S. businesses have long said uh, the European Union's being bullish on U.S. companies. There is research that says this isn't true, and a lot of the antitrust uh, judgments against companies are actually against European countries, but it still feels like U.S. internet companies, specifically Microsoft, Google, Facebook, all of them, are being targeted unfairly and in a way that, like, I would say makes it feel like they want to break up these internet properties and make them more distributed I just, I guess, like, it's like, where do you put the, draw the line of, uh, okay, well, Google gets fine, but not Amazon. Like, is there a certain, you know, number of people that have to use it? Like, I understand, for example, like, there's EU's cookie law where you have to let your users know that you're saving cookies in their computer. So every website has to adhere to that. But in this case, it's just specifically Google that has to adhere to, you know, not, um, not being biased towards Google Shopping versus other shopping websites, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think it... It's like, where do you draw the line and what is considered, like, what applies to everyone versus just, oh, okay, you're Google, so we have to treat you a little differently. Yeah, one thing I do want to say is those cookie, now that a lot of sites say that they have cookies... Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> That's my Google Home. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Google. We're talking about you. Um, what I want to say about those cookies, the sites that tell you that you're they're using cookies for you, I really hate that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like, the next web tells me, uh, we're using cookies. I'm like, okay, I don't really care. Don't put a fucking dialogue in front of my face right. every time I visit your website. Like, oh, you're, using, you're doing something standard that every other site does? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, do it in such a way that I don't have to, like, x out of it or i like all i want to do is scroll past it like oh you're using cookies okay cool so is every other website on the internet like okay oh we're using your internet bandwidth oh man (laughs) um but i feel like google's in this in this position that microsoft was a few i guess a decade ago they were such a dominant player that Everyone around them was saying, like, what, what do we do to, to beat Google at their own game, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, so, here's my thing is like, a, I, I definitely don't think that Google should be biased because it is just a search engine. Um, I'm just trying to like, I'm just looking at from like the, I don't know, the, the, the law side, like the government side of what is, what is justified in finding a company or not. Yeah. So like, I agree with what the EU is doing, but I don't think like it, like it's costing Google 2.7 billion, even though technically they're not doing anything wrong. It's just immoral, I guess, to do it. I I wouldn't say immoral, unethical would be a better unethical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it also depends on, on Google. I bet you Google's executives and everything say, well, it's our service. We're monetizing it in our way. And they're justifying it through those methods. And they're, they're not saying it's unethical to them. They're, they're like, we're funding this so everyone can have a better experience on the Internet. You know? But then I would go to Google's don't do evil mantra. True. I, but I think <laughs> they haven't really I mean, it's more of big about that. Yeah, but it's it's more of like, um, yeah, it's not whether they're doing something right or wrong. Like in terms of a, like just being a company, it's very towards like how you treating your users. And I think being unbiased is the correct choice. But then you can obviously just still have a link to Google Shopping, like in your nav or something. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so Google, what they can do moving forward here is they can choose not to comply with this. But then they're going to get like a 5% char, uh, surcharge every day that they don't comply with the change of algorithm, which Google's not going to change the algorithm for one like body of government. What they'll more than likely do is remove Google Shopping completely from that market <laughs> yeah, and appeal the decision. And then that decision will take, I, I say, more than a decade to, to come to terms with and, and get some sort of correct judgment that Google says is more favorable to them you know yeah because like all of google services are not available in china right i'm i'm not positive what's available over there but i know a lot of stuff like europe is missing like certain chrome product or like certain I mean, google products and certain yeah but i mean stuff. a lot of companies do decide to kind of be like oh you're gonna you know find us or tell us what to do we're just not gonna provide our service to your country Mm-hmm. it's it's easier because like if there's an outbreak or not an outbreak, like um, I'm trying to find the right word for this, like just, you know, a bunch of people like, hey, we want, you know, Google services in our country, then maybe that will force them to um, get rid of this, uh, whatever, this this fine for Google. Yes. What I think needs to happen, and I, I, I believe Microsoft, I believe somebody from Microsoft uh, said it, we need like an international treaty on like not only like how to conduct cyber crime or cyber war but we also need a treaty on how to conduct cyber like laws so we cannot have these companies like google facebook or international companies having different uh rules and regulations that they have to go into each country state and territory and have different methods and algorithms and and things for those specific countries. Yeah, I agree. And most, for the most part, like as long as it just applies to every single website. Yeah, so we need an international body that says, okay, Google's doing this illegally. We need Google to comply with, stop downgrading uh, 
Google sh- or upgrading Google Shopping and downgrading any price comparison websites on Google search, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think you want to talk about this next one, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, so you can actually... So Jay-Z re- released a new album called 444, which I think is like the length of one of the songs on it or something like that. Um, but so it was initially just exclusive, or actually it still is exclusive, to title and Sprint customers, which I think you have to be both because you, you have to join Tidal and be a Sprint customer. No, um, no way. I, it might be. Um, if not, it's like you have to join Tidal before a certain date. Um, otherwise, you have to like also be a Sprint customer. But anyway, basically, it's it's an exclusive deal. Um, Sprint has, I think, a fourth stake in Tidal. Is that right? Yeah, the, the struggling uh, Sprint that doesn't have enough <laughs> money yeah to upgrade their infrastructure or participate in the spectrum broadband uh uh bid bought a fourth or took an investment stake in title that that they just had to because it was you know it's going to pay off and help fund their network because they just have so much money (laughs) yeah i wonder how that's going so so nine to five uh mac they Basically, you can go to, they have, they release this news, you can go to 444.title.com and just put Sprint as the voucher code and you can download the album. So... You're kidding. I, I just did it and I uploaded it to Google Play Music, so... Oh, I'm doing it right now. Oh my god, <laughs> like, I feel like Sprint was like, hey guys, we, we need a, a code and the intern in the back was like, oh, I got it guys, don't worry, no one will ever figure this one out. And he was just like, oh, shit, what do I type in? Ah, Sprint, Sprint, nobody will think of that. <laughs> it's like typing password in for password. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one will figure this out, right? Oh, man. But yeah, so, like, yeah screw exclusivity, because I think that's dumb for, like, media and entertainment. So, um, yeah, this is just a dumb, like, money grab for, from, from title. Well, the argument, though, is, like, other like so tv has done this for a long time there's exclusive content to a certain tv channel w- wouldn't this be the same thing as like music being exclusive to an exclusive music streaming service no i don't think so because i mean in some ways yes i think a traditional tv that would work because you have to tune into a channel that you probably already pay for but I'm not going to, you know, like I'm already subscribed to Google Play Music or let's say you subscribe to like Apple Music or Spotify. You're not going to subscribe to Tidal just to listen to a single album. I think that's a little crazy. Well, what about subscribing to Netflix to get House of Cards? Like, isn't it the same idea? It kind of is, but it's more... But that's like Netflix's... Stu- well, is it Netflix's studio or is it just... Um, they just go to Netflix to try to get a deal. I think, I think Netflix actually funds making the show. Yeah, I think it's like an outside studio that Netflix like bought the rights to the movie or the show, and then they keep funding it. I mean, I don't agree if, if, if it's like something that... Like, if Netflix is funding a show that's specific, like, just for Netflix, I think that's fine. But if it's, you know, if it's Jay-Z, like, who's... You know, you, you don't... Like, it's not for a specific platform. Like, you just want to listen to his music. It should be available anywhere. I don't think it's, you know... Like, if, if Title, I guess, was, I don't know, paying him to make the album, and it was, I don't know. 
They sort of paid him. But I, I get where you're coming from because if you go to Apple Music, you're going to get the same million songs and as that you would get on Spotify, but you're going to get this one extra song from Jay-Z. And it makes no sense to pay for Spotify and to pay for Tidal because you're getting the same million songs. You're just getting an extra one from from uh, Tidal. It would be like yeah, Netflix exactly. having all the same content as Amazon uh, TV, but all you got extra on um, Netflix was like three shows. And you were like, is it really worth it, though? Yeah, like, I mean, I understand they're trying to push Tidal, but it's like, I don't think that's it's going to work. Um, like, everyone is using Spotify or Apple Music, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Tidal's in this weird downward spiral that they're trying to to save it because they think it's best for the artists, but more artists are realizing, like, we shouldn't try to compete with Spotify because they're going to make us money in the end. Yeah. So... Is that all the news for this week, really? Anything else that happened? Uh, I think that's it. I mean, we did miss talking about E3 last week. Um, I mean, it's just a couple things, but it's not really. Just yeah. New Nintendo Switch games uh, being announced. Um, Xbox. What is it? The Xbox. Um, oh, the Xbox One it? X. Yeah, the <laughs> One X. That that looks interesting. Overpriced for a console, considering that it's, what, four ninety nine. Yeah, four ninety nine. Yeah, I think so. so. That's yeah, yeah, because yeah. it supports four K and it's got a currently better internals than the PS four. Yeah, it's like by like point five teraflops or something. So it, it's it's power more powerful, and there's like a gazillion bajillion uh, gigabytes of RAM in the thing and stuff. But I think overall, the Xbox One X is going to be like maybe something that people buy when the price comes down yeah i mean it's also it's definitely like it's kind of the same thing as a ps4 pro like not everyone's gonna buy it it's just like oh i need 4k support and i need like i need like just a more powerful console well, so I feel with, the, with a ps4 you have like the vr headset that you were like oh i want better graphics or oh i want like better like you know like pow- pow- more powerful to power this vr headset so you bought that, like Xbox One X, you're like, ah, oh, I want to play uh, Rocket League in 4K. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess so, I don't know. Minecraft in 4K, oh my god, Boo, like mind-blowing. It's a totally different game. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have a 4K TV yet. I've been like deciding, like trying to buy one. But I'm like, do I buy like a Samsung TV that's 4K that's... Seven ninety nine, or do I buy like a T T T C L TV that's like three forty nine? That's four K, or I don't know what to do. Like you know, yeah, like four K TVs are getting really cheap, but I mean, you kind of upgrade your TV what like maybe every seven to ten years, so it's not really? something that I mean, like the average person, I think they upgrade like every oh, okay. like at the very least like every every five years, I would say. It's not something that someone thinks about, like, oh, I need to get a, I need to upgrade, you know, my TV from last year to a new one. Like, no one, no one does that really. That is true. It is a substantial investment for most people. Right. Um, so that's all the news for this week. Uh, you can read more digitalbounds.com, but I think let's jump into the personal topics. Do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Um. Yeah, I can start. Basically, okay. 
kind of going off of the Anchor news and publishing uh, podcasts and stuff. So I started Anchor uh, last week, um, and I have like a first official like episode, I guess. I was posting some stuff before that, but Anchor didn't let you save it. You could like archive stations, but you can't. Like I, I guess I can republish it somewhere because I can um, download it, but. Anyway, it's um, anchor.fm slash sunnysing, so I'm going to be posting a lot of like startup advice on there and stuff. Um, Leon actually called in to the first episode. I was talking about burnout, and I got a pretty good reaction towards it. Yeah, you like mentioned burnout. I think you were talking about MVPs or something, and then you talked. You mentioned like burnout, and and you know, like I I feel like like I try to do as much as possible and then I I get this weird like first off I get like imposter syndrome, you know? Like do do I should should I really be here? Like these people are around right. me, they they have years of training or they were like Walt Mossberg, they they wrote for the newspaper and then they went to do tech uh, coverage and they're super journalistic and this and that and then I'm over here like blogging like fuck apple fuck ethereum you know <laughs> so there's that and then there's yeah, it's because... actually imposter syndrome would be a... sorry you can go yeah imposter syndrome would actually be a really good topic i should probably might do that next week so yeah, yeah. i have that a lot <laughs> so you talk <laughs> about it i'm definitely gonna call in with a super comprehensive it's just gonna be like our little uh, therapy session sunny it's going to be me <laughs> venting to you all my problems and then you telling me, it's okay, Leon. Uh, please tell me more. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, the, I'm going to rename it Sunny's Therapy Sessions. I actually kind of like that. But the burnout part of it was like, how do you stay like unburned out and how do you stay very motivated and everything? Because I feel like you've always been on top of everything and occasionally you get lazy, but you're so much more on top of it than I am. I disagree, but I've definitely figured out a few things on the way. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I I mean, I also went to see The Mummy recently. It was it was an okay movie. It was good. Um, better than Wonder Woman, but that's not saying a lot. So there you go. <laughs> but that's... I think that's it for me. If you, if you want to tell Sonny that uh, Wonder Woman's a great movie, he's at Sunny Singh IO on Twitter. <laughs> so for my personal topics, uh, you can add me on Anchor. I'm using the Digital Bounds account, so it's um, Anchor.fm Digital Bounds. I'll post on there about technology, um, answer questions about technology, answer questions about social media. Just you know, talk about what's going on. I talked about like the Anchor. I talked about uh, my Pixel, which I'll talk about in a second. And it's just really fun time. Like I want people to talk to me more. That's what I like talking to people. I feel like I'm wanted and needed, and and that I have friends on the internet. Yeah, Anchor is really good for two way because it's just it's so easy to call in. It like I'll actually that like that name itself makes a lot of sense because you literally kind of like just calling in. You're putting your phone to your head and you're talking as if you're just talking to you. So yeah, you're leaving a cool. voicemail and then I call back and leave a voicemail yeah. and play phone tag necessarily. So my last piece of news is I returned my Pixel on Monday. Uh, Google told me that it would take five days to ship my goddamn phone to me. So I'm using the Honored 6X, and uh, I kind of like it. 
I I don't know. So is that the phone that we saw at CES? Yes, that's the phone that they gave me during a CES and that had been sitting in a box that I didn't know what to do with. Yeah, I think I remember just really the UI and lack of USB-C were like the two main issues. But aside from that, it was a decent phone. The UI has been updated to the latest version of uh, Huawei's EMUI, which is much better, more a lot cleaner, and actually has a lot of features that I kind of like, like very helpful, like keeps the battery from having problems and everything. But the big problems that I have is USB-C, like there's no USB-C support, like you said, and the volume rocker is on top of the power button. Wait, the power button top of the volume? So it's volume button, volume rocker, power button. So volume on top, then power button below it. Oh, okay. So it's just really hard to figure out which button's which, I guess? Yeah, because I'm so used to every phone putting the vo- the volume button below the power button. Right, yeah. So I'm constantly... Yeah, that'll definitely be annoying, just a lot of muscle memory you have to redo. Yeah, like I'm constantly pressing the power button to change the volume, and I'm constantly trying to power the device off to do that. Yeah, overall though, I mean, is it a good enough phone to get by until you get your Pixel back? Yes, but I'm missing my Pixel, so I'm a little bit of a power user, so I'll have like 10 apps open and I'll like multitask a lot. That really slows down the uh, the phone a lot. But overall, it's a good phone for anybody that's just like, you know, using it for Twitter and Facebook and taking photos. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to write another review about it. Yeah, how long has it been? Like uh, half a year, right? Yeah, it's half a year since it was released in the United States. Six months. Yeah, so that would be good. Yeah, um, the other little thing that I didn't write in here in the Trello and I think I might have mentioned it in our Slack, is I got an iPad, an older iPad Air 2 with LTE in it. So it oh, has yeah. Like... So well, what are you going to use it for? Because I feel like, cause like I had like a very old kind of 7-inch tablet that I used like on trips and stuff, but I don't, aside from that, it just kind of collects dust. I don't really use it. Well, I have a Nexus 7 that collects dust too, but this iPad is so much bigger that you have so much more room. Um, a lot of it's going to be latent watching TV shows and stuff uh, when we travel. But the other part of it is I kind of wanted something bigger to like take with me that I didn't have to worry about. Like, where am I going to get cell signal? Do I need Wi-Fi? What's the battery at? Do I need to lug a laptop around with me? So it's like going to multitask because keeping latent at bay and not being a little wilderbeest with us. And also uh, allowing me to like quickly like add topics to my Trello board, uh, check up on digitalbounds.com, you know, do stuff like that. Oh, so you have data service on it? I got a Project Fi data only sim to put in there. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I think it makes sense in that in that respect because like a lot of times lugging around a laptop doesn't really make sense, and you'd have to if you don't have Wi-Fi, you have to connect it to your mobile hotspot or something. Yeah, so it's a lot of effort. Um, I'll still bring my Switch with me everywhere I go, <laughs> but other than that, so yeah, now I, I have you, a laptop and stuff. I think you snapped playing uh, Zelda on the Switch. Yes. Uh, yes, I do open the app sometimes. Oh, man, I'm surprised. <laughs> uh, 
Leighton, like, had a nightmare. Like, just, she was so tired. We went to sleep upstairs at some some family's home. She fell asleep. I put her on the couch, and I got my Switch out, and I just started playing Switch for, like, an hour. It was just it's so nice to have that because I was tired of looking at Twitter and stuff, and I don't really have games on my phone, so I was in a limited spot there. Oh, yeah. The Switch is definitely good for that. Yes, so much. You need to buy one, Sunny, so we can play Mario Kart <laughs> together. Uh, maybe. I'm I'm definitely more tempted, like, as more games come out for it. Plus, it has USB-C, so... <laughs> it's a big difference, USB... I miss USB-C so much. All my chargers are USB-C. I'm, like, limited right. to one micro-USB right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not the dongle life. It's the having just a single charger life. Yep, exactly how I feel now. Yeah, so screw you, Microsoft. <laughs> um, so that's all the topics for this week. Um... Uh, man, I blanked there. Sorry. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on social media, Sunny is Sunny Singh IO on Twitter. Um, I'm Leon Hitchens on Twitter. And then if you guys want to follow our official accounts, we're also uh, Digital Bounds on Instagram. All of them, really, Twitter, all of them, mainly active on Twitter. So check us out there. DigitalBounds.com. We also have Gadget Smart coming with some reviews uh, this coming week. So just kind of keep an eye on digitalbounds.com for all that. Uh, if you guys love the podcast, please, please, please rate us six stars. It helps us out on the iTunes store. If you don't have iTunes or you're on an Android or Microsoft device, uh, share this with your friends, your family, if you made it this far. We would really, really appreciate it. Anything else? Sunny? I guess Sunny dropped out. Okay, well, we'll talk to you later, and thanks for listening. All right, bye.